Hi, I'm Lauren Bailey. And I'm Nick Kane. And this is The Act of Storytelling. And the first of a mini podcast suite talking to creatives who are getting things done. Our first guest is seriously inspiring. Kat Lakoe is an actress. An international variety burlesque performer, a live event host, teacher, writer, content creator, and now motivational speaker. With so many strings to her bow, we thought what a great way to start by finding out what Kat's been up to that's new or innovative. What I've been doing is in in pandemic-y world, let's just put this in in a place where we're all like, oh yeah, this is when we had the pandemic happening. I was changing all my live performance stuff into virtual world and I was uh, training my burlesque students and I was uh, pivoting my live burlesque performance into more sort of music video sort of style. But then this year, what's happened is so many more, I've been able to reach out to so many more people that they've seen what I'm doing and they're like, I kind of want what you teach, but I don't want to do burlesque. And they get all freaked out. <laughs> I've started figuring out, well, what is the elements of burlesque performance that have enhanced my life? And is there a way of like taking those essences without actually having to do burlesque? And so I've been I've been working with a couple of people now. They're both like a beta testing system um, where I work with them on approaching these performance techniques. But the end goal is not to go on the burlesque stage. The end goal is just to go about your life with that confidence as a burlesque performer so it's been super interesting to be like because i always thought no i'm i'm coaching you to go on a burlesque stage but no i'm coaching you the, the mindset and the techniques and they can be applicable applicable <laughs> to anywhere so yeah i love this mindset and confidence are just such a huge part of what we do right Bale? yeah and i love the way that cat connects the essential ingredients of her burlesque performance with her mindset and also into her performance training a lot of my earlier training as an actor was technique in terms of how do you break down a script how do you uh you know get your voice moving how do you loosen up your body and it was only when i don't know if it's a half moving to America or just me getting older. But when I sort of hit my mid mid twenties, it was like, it's, it's a hundred percent your mindset because you're not creating this character and hiding behind this character when you're, where you're a performer, you're bringing yourself to the role. It's your version. It's your version of Hamlet opposed to my version of Hamlet. And they're both equally valid. It's just, well, what performance are you creating? What, what's working better in that mix of that vision of that production? And there's so much mindset and life coaching style stuff that goes into that to make you a, a better performer. And I've, I had so sort of touched on it more in, in the burlesque world because there's so much more um, revealing of self in the burlesque world, obviously physically, but mm. emotionally as well. And because everything's just you in, in the acting world, you're bringing yourself to the character, but you've got the writer and the director and the costumer and the producer and the editor all doing it as well in a burlesque act you're writing it, you're costuming it, you're directing it, you're producing it, you're you're the entire creator for the entire piece. You're revealing everything that is you. And so it, it innately requires a lot of soul searching, you know, reevaluating things, re, re um, shifting things in your head. So yes, I was bringing that into my burlesque training, <laughs> but it wasn't the focus. It was like, this will help you be a better burlesque performer. And then having performed burlesque, you then become more happier and more successful in your life. So 
it was the pill in the ice cream, as one of my friends would say. You've, you've come here to train with me as the last performer. Let me just sneak some of this mindset, life coach <laughs> shit in there. <laughs> but, you know, this, this is a question I had for you um, when I was coming into this as well. I, I chatted to Lauren about this for a while. I was like, okay, burlesque, there's body confidence, there's motivational speaker, there's actress, there's, you're always learning new skills. I kind of went, this queen of the like side hustle balanced universe like there's all this wonderful stuff that you do and I think everyone on this call right now has different facets to who they are as an artist the hardest thing can sometimes be going well who am I showing up as to this you know like my work as an actor compared to my work as a host compared to whatever you want to think about to present a work to whatever it might be creative producing how do I sort of switch between those? You've already started to touch on this a bit with bringing a part of yourself, but could you elaborate on how you can switch in a day from <laughs> actress to burlesque to motivational speaker? How do you do that and, and stay true to who you are? It's like a huge but simple question. <laughs> um, it's huge. I and know. I know I answer it's questions. It's a pain question. I, That's it. Sorry. Please yeah. remember what it was because you'll have to remind me when I get halfway through my answer. You've got two hours, go. Yes, we've got two hours. <laughs> so I originally thought I had to keep everything super separate because I was the actor. And then I was doing burlesque as sort of more of a hobby. And oh, God forbid that a casting director find out I do burlesque because they'll think so much less of me and never hire me. Ugh. You know, and then when I was producing theatre in London, I was like, oh, they can't find out. I mean, I have to be the producer and be taken seriously. They can't be like, oh, you're only producing this so you can act in it. Ooh, we won't take, you know, I just had this real bullshit mindset that I had to be these three different sections. So when you say, well, how do you switch between them um, and stay true to yourself? That's 100% it. You need to find truly who you are. Because what I talk about in burlesque is that we do spend our entire lives putting on different hats, putting on different masks. I'm this way with my kids. I'm this way at work. I'm this way with my grandparents. I'm this way with my best friend. I'm this way with my boyfriend. And we we do shift and change into these different people. But if you can start behaving more as that inner you, and I call her the inner vixen, once you discover, well, which version of these am I? And am I behaving this way with my kids out of fear or out of, I, I'm just assuming that's why I have to behave with them? What would happen if you behaved around your kids the way you do around your best friend? Maybe they would connect with you even better. Maybe you would have a much better experience with those people. I um, wrote this article, How I Exposed Myself to My Grandma. And um, it was because she I hadn't spoken to her for a while. And she said, how are you doing? And I thought, I've just done this podcast. It's talking exactly about where I'm at, I am right now. I was like, hey, you know what? Listen to this podcast. And I suddenly remembered, oh my God, I said a lot of things that podcast, not thinking she was ever going to listen to it. But she listened to it and her response was, I just saw this article about people painting their stretch marks and making them pieces of art. I thought you'd love it because it's totally in love. And me and my grandma, like, because I I didn't wear the hat, wear the mask and think I have to be- Shield yourself. Shield myself, exactly. So I think the answer is, we'll really start breaking down which elements of these versions of yourself is the true you and then start getting into the habit of revealing that just a little bit more. I hope that answers the question. It does. And it's a, it's a freeing thought, isn't it? That you can just go, righty, I will do the work to find that core yeah. of who you are. And then it's a it's an easier shift yeah. across yeah. disciplines. Because then it's just like, well, I'm acting on set as Kat Lacoey. 
And then I'm just a more heightened version of that for Vixen DeVille. And then when I'm doing a, a talk or something like this, this is how I would teach my burlesque class. I'm like, hi guys. Hey, okay. Welcome to burlesque. I'm like, well, welcome to the burlesque show. I'm just, I, there's not that much of a uh, change anymore. Yeah. I love this idea of breaking down the elements of the truest version of ourselves and beyond identifying and connecting to that sense of our most authentic self. I asked Kat what her advice was for balancing projects as well as priorities. Yeah, that's that's a oh, yeah amazing question because <laughs> I don't know myself sometimes. I think you really, I learned when I did my solo show and there were so many different facets to that and that I had you know, other work going on. I really learned the importance of focusing down on like one thing at a time. Like, yes, you can have multiple projects going on, but I would get into the space of, okay, I've got an hour to do some work. So I'm going to sit down and maybe check my emails to see what's important. But as I check my email, I realize I haven't sent that person that folder. So I go into the folder to get the picture and I'm like, oh, but I haven't written that talk for tomorrow. Oh, maybe I'll start right. And nothing gets done. So to really prioritize, well, what do I want to get done this week? So last week I had this filming project on Friday. I needed to learn my lines and rehearse it, but I also had a, a talk that I needed to write. And I just had to look at the priorities and think, well, you know what? The talk can actually be done after the, you know filming the set piece and sort of reprioritizing, but also knowing that each task that you have requires a different part of your brain and a different part of your body, which I found difficult in pandemic because everything is on zoom right everything is looking at a screen and I found at one point everything I was doing was writing and making sentences and learning lines and I was like I've reached my cap of that but some of my world is costuming or making fire sticks and I'm teaching a fire class it's all kind of hands-on different space so what I've really found is that you need to separate out the different styles of tasks so I can't do an hour of learning lines and then an hour of let me prep my speech because it's the same part of my brain but I can do an hour of learning lines and then as my downtime <laughs> make some fire sticks for my fire class and then I, and then I'm in a brain space to then write the talk for the talk that I've got and then as my downtime maybe finish my costume or dance to a piece of music to rehearse my choreography I find this so interesting because I completely agree just to break that down even further do you think it's around sort of cerebral tasks, physical tasks, making sure you're switching your body on, your mind on? So it's basically, that's enough brain, let me go into the body. So you don't want to be thinking too hard up here, you just want to be doing. So is it literally that sort of switch between the brain and the body? I think soul, so, yeah. I if I'm designing costume and making it, because sometimes I'll do costuming where I'm kind of figuring out how I want it to look as I'm making it that's still in the same brain space of let me write this talk. If I've already designed it, like I know how to make fire sticks. I know exactly all the little bits. I can do that and watch television and it doesn't degrade the work because it's just automatic, but it's kind of therapeutic because you're just doing repetitive actions. I'm doing this because I'm pretend sewing. I wrote an article about the, the six headed uh, beast of burlesque, because like I said, when you create a burlesque act, you're the writer, director, choreographer, actor, all the things. And so to avoid overwhelm, I say, decide that you're six different people. So say in my life, I could do that. Like I'm Kat the actor, Kat the teacher, Kat the coach, Kat the speaker, Kat the um, burlesque performer, whatever. So put all the areas of your life into different categories. And as you're doing that one thing for like an hour, 90 minutes, whatever your flow period is, I, as the costumer of my burlesque act, 
will work on my costume. As soon as something pops in, like, ooh, I don't know if the choreography is going to make me able to wear this costume because I need to rip it. I don't then stop trying the costume on and try my choreography because that's for the choreographer and the performer to worry about. So I have a little list of, I write to the other people in my team, which is still me, <laughs> saying, you need to Next explains a lot. Right? <laughs> I write a note to the other people on my team that as I'm making this costume, next time you rehearse, you need to try this costume on and make sure it works. And I go, oh shit, I'm not sure about the sight lines of that venue. Okay, I need to write to my location manager <laughs> next time you do location managing or my director or my producer. You need to check that the, the because I, I am so all over the place, when I'm working on a task, I try to work on that for the full session. I, and anything that comes in my brain, like, oh I, oh, I need coffee. Oh, I need to buy coffee. Well, that's for, the, that's for my assistant to figure out. I just got this great picture of your partner getting all these notes <laughs> written to you. Like, at what point does he go, how many people am I living with here? I have all these different to-do lists, but it's super helpful because then you're kind of batching your work, you know, because if I stop doing that, great, and that's almost why you have a massive team on a, on a film production set on theatre, because, you know, if you're overseeing everything, you can't do it perfectly. If I'm the director I'm not looking for continuity. I'm not looking for smudged makeup. I'm not look. I'm worried about the framing and the thing. And the, there's so many other things to worry about. So I have my continuity person to do that for me. With everything that you've been through, particularly over the last 12 months, what's next for you? And what do you feel like you've learned that's going to really help you in future projects? Hmm. I've learned a ton about filming my burlesque acts and making them translate from theatre to film my background in London was always theatre and then my film work, I've never been the producer or the director of a film. I've always just been the, the talent. So figuring out how to translate a story from live on stage in front of people to how do I make this as effective and as entertaining and as moving as a, as a film piece. So I've, I've learned a ton of that. Learning how to translate your value. I had this like depression moment beginning of the pandemic of, why am I even useful in the world? I'm teaching people how to put a burlesque act together and go on stage and mess around and for funsies. Why is that even useful? But when I got into the speaking world and motivational coaching, I was like, oh, the value of the burlesque act is self-expression, knowing you're valid in the world, um, being accepted as you are, which is transferable to business, to your personal life, to anybody so it was a really interesting thing that I'm already doing this, but in this package over here. So how do I repackage it? It's still me. It's still the same teachings, but with things shut down and with people having different needs, how do I repackage that for what's useful now? So I think going forward, it's just knowing that as storytellers, as creators, as um, actors, as, as, as writers, you know, we're super important in the world. An amazing um, mentor of mine who died a few years ago, Sam Christensen, gave us this article. I can't remember which uh, philosopher it was, but it was about the five things that you needed, like caveman days. You know, you had the person who would feed you. You had the person that would build the shelter. You had the person that would um, be, like the, be the medic and look after injuries. And you had the person that told the cautionary tales or that en entertained people in the dark times. And we're going through dark times. What are people doing? They're going home. They're watching Netflix. 
were super important. So Kat's pretty amazing, right? With so much in her toolkit, I actually really wanted to know if there was a particular project or strain that she really wanted to focus on. In that same frame of mind now, what does the next 12 months look like for you? Is there a particular project or a strain that you really want to focus on? Uh, I'm creating a couple of keynotes and there's a bunch of uh, podcasts that have reached out that I'm sort of going on that are more in that sort of women's empowerment world. Um, I want to be able to, this beta testing course that I'm doing that's sort of more about confidence in your real life rather than creating burlesque, I want to really push on that. There's no real burlesque acts I'm super like desperate to perform yet because I did so I overwhelmed myself last year. Like I've created, filmed, and edited 15 burlesque acts. I think I did at least one a month, if maybe not two. And did you say before we started recording that you've just been back on set? Yes. Oh, it was super amazing. It was just one day shooting. It was for a short film. It's part of a horror anthology. But to get a script that I wasn't just going through for a self-tape oh to actually be acting another person and to have the director there and say hey what do you think about this and they're like oh that's cool let's put that in and, and a collaborative filming experience where you're actually doing it like oh give me more of that yeah it, it was fabulous and you so do you see more of that ahead of you in the next 12 months then I would love it if more things are opening up it's it's come and go really I mean there's so many self-tapes I did at the beginning of the year that then were like oh we're shut down and so you didn't even know really how whether they wanted what you were giving them I would love to be doing more film tv but it's it's just I never really go that's my goal because I feel like it's so out of my control if the audition can't like my own agent submits I may or may not get the audition I do the self-tape I may or may, not, may, may or may not get the part you get the part the filming may or may not go ahead I feel like that is such a airy fairy out of my control that I can never really go. My goal is to get three, you know, recurring stars. And it's my goal. Yeah, I, I can update my website. I can connect my, my agents. I can keep going to acting classes. I can keep making my connections. But I like better to focus on things that I can control so that... I don't get so obsessed with, oh, my agent hasn't called me. Oh my God, I haven't got an audition. It's almost like I, I distract myself so I don't have to worry mm. about what is not happening because I can focus on, well, what is going on? What is happening? Uh, such a pleasure to talk to you. <laughs> I actually, some of the process stuff, I want to sit down after this and go, right <laughs> like how can I plan my day? So, Because it is, like you do sometimes spend your day all in your head yeah. or sometimes all in your body. Yeah. I just love that advice, Lauren, to allow you to sort of go, well, how can you actually break up this day so that you approach it more effectively for your body and your brain to work properly, which seems so simple, but not at the same time because I'm not doing else it. It was very helpful. I heard this from a coach and I have no idea who it was. I just, I was watching something on Insta. It was just a blast on Instagram. I was like, I'm stealing that so hard. And, well, my, my philosophy with burlesque and performance and everything, life, whatever, is follow the fun. If it's not fun find the fun in it or stop it and do something else like end of story so find the fun and what she was saying was if you've got this task ahead of you there's no point in going oh, I need to finish this script oh my god I need to finish this script I need to sit down my laptop I will handcuff myself to my, my table I'm gonna finish this script by the end of the day gonna happen Grr. because then you're just like Grr. but if you remind yourself of the fun and the reasons why and why you want to do this so sit down for a moment and go 
I really want, not I have to, I want to finish this script. Why do I want to finish it? Because I really want this story to be out there. I really want people to hear this message and it's going to be super exciting when I see it on, on the big screen and I'm going to have so-and-so playing in the role and it's just going to, it's going to really open doors for me. And even if no one buys a script, at least it'll be there as my tool to give to people. And, and then you're inspired once again, oh, because we want to be inspired to write the script, not I need to do this, otherwise I will die. I don't know about you, Lauren, but I am fired up after this interview. <laughs> I'm so glad that we got to talk to Kat. And at this point in her career and in the middle of such times of uncertainty because her enthusiasm for continuing her creative journey and her ability to find just joy and fun and motivation in whatever she is doing is so infectious. Yeah, and it's, it's not just the intangible enthusiasm, right? It's her work has this really practical element threaded through it and it's reflected in pretty much everything she does. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Yay. A massive thanks to Kat for bringing her mojo into our lives. And being a great example of practicing what she preaches. It's just practice what you preach. Like, especially if, if you're like teaching other people, coaching other people, like you need to make it part of your life as well. But also to know that it worked. Like it put me in a good mood. It made me in a happy space. It started myself from positive rather than let's start reacting to stuff. Let's start acting in a pos- from a positive place. And it was just inspiring to be like, oh, I'm not, I'm not full of bullshit when I coach people. <laughs> it does work. Just a reminder. <laughs> Love it. And of course, if you want to hear the full story about how Kat turned having her car stolen into a positive, you can check it out at Act Storytelling on Instagram. Till next time on the Act of Storytelling. Thanks for listening.